I would say if they don't currently own them, they have owned them. I'd okay. say 100. percent Okay. You know, every single person that we've dealt with currently in the past, uh, whenever we've run across, has at least owned a mutual fund or currently owns a mutual fund um, in their lifetime. It's time to retire with confidence. Welcome to Unlocking Your Financial Future with financial advisor Ben Schrock. Welcome in to another episode of Unlocking Your Financial Future, the podcast that focuses on your retirement planning, uh, investments, insurance, Social Security, a lot of different topics. We cover them. And today it is mutual funds. It is a product that Many of us have used, invested in at some point, probably still own some mutual funds. And we're going to talk about that today as part of a two-part series. We're going to get into mutual funds a little bit. We're going to start with the basics of mutual funds, helping you understand exactly what a mutual fund is. Maybe if you're new to investing or just you know, maybe thrown some money that way, but don't know exactly what you're getting involved in. But also some of the terminology around mutual funds, because you've probably seen some terms out there as you're researching a, a fund that you might not know exactly what they are. There's a lot of data uh, when you go through researching a, a any kind of a fund or investment product. So making as much sense of that and understanding that is is key. So today we'll do that, as always, with our man Ben Schrock over at BA Schrock Financial Group. Ben, how are you? I'm doing well. That's quite the intro, and uh, I think I might have to flip scripts here and, and question you on it. <laughs> oh yeah, well, I uh, I've invested in some mutual funds before, but I I've, I will say that I'm probably not the most knowledgeable. I kind of have an idea of what I'm looking at, but I don't I probably don't look at it as thoroughly as I should sure. when I'm investing. So um, I'm I'm curious to get to know more about this product from you. Uh, but what's been going on? Anything new? Uh, how's the family doing? Oh, they're all doing well. We're off to a fast start here in 2020, and. Uh, and it's crazy. Another year goes by. Everyone has always told me once you have kids, time flies. And I always kind of said, yeah, yeah, we'll see. And, and boy, they're not, they're not kidding. So how about you? Have you felt that effect yet? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, <laughs> I think I might've mentioned to you before, but it's like simultaneously like the slowest day every day. Sometimes as you're yeah. trying to <laughs> battle these little battles. It, it, but again, it's like the, the fastest process too. When you, when you take a step back and you say, wow, it's already been a month, two months, a year, you know, whatever it is, it, uh, it does happen really quickly. We were just actually looking through some pictures on our phone, my wife and I the other day. And it's just even amazing in, in a few months, how, how much the, our baby has changed and really kind of come into her own a little bit. So yeah, it, it it's crazy keeping up with it, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah, good. <laughs> All right, so let's move into our topic today and, and on mutual funds. And as I mentioned, today is going to be basics. Our next episode will be on kind of some pros and cons and kind of talking about where mutual fund might fit into your strategy uh, in your retirement plan. That'll be on our next episode. So make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, Spotify, whatever it is uh, you listen to podcasting on, and that one will be delivered right to you. So let's start off really simple stuff here, uh, but basically explain that mutual fund to me. What exactly is does a mutual fund consist of? Yeah, and that is a really, I always say this, it's a really good question because a lot of people just know, I got a mutual fund or I own a mutual fund. They don't really know what the heck it even is. So basically, we'll just say there's XYZ mutual fund with whatever company you want to know. All it really is, is that fund itself owns multiple different stocks or multiple different bonds within it, or even sometimes they own other mutual funds within it. So it's a collection of investments and your money is pooled with everyone else's money across this country or world for that matter um, that can invest in this XYZ mutual fund. So you're one of many different investors that own this mutual fund that owns a collection of different investments depending on the type of fund and, and risk and whatnot. It could own stocks, bonds, or other mutual funds. Does that oh, kind of yeah. help? 
Yeah, okay. so you just have a piece of a lot of different stuff, essentially. You do. Yeah, exactly. So like, when I'm looking at mutual funds, I know a lot of times it'll show me, hey, this mutual fund's mainly invested in these top 10 things. But how yeah. deep do these mutual funds go? I mean, is it 10, 15 different stocks uh, or is it, it like 100 different stocks? It could be 100. It could be 200, Ben. It could be a, a huge number of stocks. And, and really, the coolest thing that we do in our office is Keith will run a screener on all that. He runs this about a 200-page Morningstar report for every client that has these mutual funds, and he'll run it across the spectrum of every single mutual fund that they have, and he'll run an x-ray, which basically takes a snapshot of what they own, and he'll look and see exactly what stocks are they buying within all those mutual funds. And then he'll look and see how many of those mutual funds actually buy the same stuff. So the client thinks I'm diversified. I have all these different mutual funds. But really, when we take an x-ray of that and see what's inside of that mutual fund, they see, man, I'm pay- I'm kind of buying the same thing over and over and over, which we'll get into can be expensive. Uh, is it the proper conviction for you? Are there true diversification you need? So it kind of creates some of the challenges that we see within uh, investing in mutual funds. Yeah. So I can definitely see why you need to understand everything that's in there because you might just, you might be thinking you're diversified, but might not be at all actually when it's all said and done. Uh, When you have clients come in uh, to your office to, to either work on planning or when they first meet you, I guess, when they sit down for that first time, what percentage of your clients do you think are actually involved in mutual funds or own mutual funds when they sit down with you? I would say if they don't currently own them, they have owned them. I'd okay. say 100%. Okay. You know, every single person that we've dealt with currently in the past, uh, whenever we've run across, has at least owned a mutual fund or currently owns a mutual fund um, in their lifetime. Do you think that landscape's changing at all? I mean, it's we see it's always been very easy way to invest and a very simple way to invest. I think, but is it changing at all? Do you see less people getting that 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 direction? I, I do. I do. I think there's more awareness now in terms of the cost, the kind of the hidden cost. Um, right. the, a couple of years ago when, when the DOL passed the fiduciary rule and you know not to go down that, that road because we could spend another couple episodes on that. But when that was passed, it kind of opened our eyes and opened the public's eyes to what they're really investing in. So it kind of uncovered a lot of different fees that were layered within these mutual funds that they didn't know they were paying for. And quite frankly, they weren't disclosed on the statement. They're disclosed to them in a prospectus that's about 400 pages thick and you need to hire an attorney to understand it, but they don't ever really see them on their statement. So it becomes a little bit of a problem. So that law that was passed, um, not no longer in effect, but that was passed did kind of bring all that to light. So I do think that shift has gone away from mutual funds and they've not really shined the the brightest light on them here in the past. So that's what that prospectus that I've received in the mail is for, right? I I always just throw that out directly in the trash as soon as I get it. Say the the one you can give your kids crayons and markers and (laughs) play on. Yeah, Yeah. that's the one. So there is something in there I should be reading. Okay, (laughs) good to know. Um, So let's, let's talk about some of that terminology and and kind of as you're looking at it, trying to make some sense out of what I'm actually looking at. So I I see the term expense ratios uh, quite a bit. What is, what is expense ratios of mutual funds? What is that? Why is it important? Yeah. So the expense ratios can be the total percentage of what you're paying for that actual management. So internally, you're going to have uh, what they call your 12B1 fees. That's like their advertising marketing fees. You're going to pay your fund manager. So whoever's managing the fund, it, a lot of times we'll see, and I'll just name some different mutual fund carriers. You got Lord Abbott, Nuveen, Invesco, you know, the list goes on and on. There's thousands of them out there, um, but you're going to pay their manager to management that manage that. Um, there's also going to be administrative ch- uh, fees for them to keep bookkeeping, record keeping, all that kind of stuff. Um, so there's all those 
those fees that go into this total expense ratio or expense fee, which, you know, in our experience, it ranges. Uh, I don't want to, you know, put myself down to a certain percentage, but if you call a company, they would honestly say on average, they're right around 1%. Okay. Um, again, it could be a lot less, could be more. It just depends on average. If you cut it right down the middle, I bet you're close to the 1% range. Is there any time that a an ex, uh, expense ratio over 1% is worth it? I mean, if, if you see over 1%, is that automatically a red flag? I think it's it can be scary, but again, it, it depends on the situation. If it's a good, maybe it's a good municipal uh, mutual fund that carries a lot of tax-free income or something that can, is going to carry some good high dividends, high yield type stuff that manager is known for. So I'd say if it warrants a higher cost, it better have some performance or have some neat features within it that, that warrant the cost uh, of us paying for that. Is there ever a time there's not an expense ratio? Is there any time I can find a mutual fund that doesn't charge me? There will be. Um, okay. I think I actually, I think there are companies that are now leveraging or utilizing um, NTFs, no transaction fees or uh, no transaction funds. Right. Um, there's still small costs associated with them. Like Vanguard is, is a common one. Um, their ETF platform, again, they're, you're now you're in exchange traded funds, but they're similar to mutual funds. Um, they're going to be very, very low cost on, on their expense ratio. So they're going to be traditionally known for their low cost. But the actual mutual fund itself, no, it's always going to carry some type of, of cost. Okay, good. Good to know. Loaded. I've seen loaded around. Uh, Front-loaded, yeah. back-loaded, no load. What, what exactly is that? Yeah, so in essence, what that means is how uh, a broker's paid. Okay, so if I sell you a front load, uh, which is commonly uh, referred to as an A share. So again, if you're looking at your statement, it's pretty easy to see. You'll see um, the Lord Abbott High Income Fund A, or you know, the, there's a designation, a letter at the end of your mutual fund that tells you if it's A, B, or C. So that's a, a good tip for for everyone that's listening to go check your statement and see what you have. But your A shares are going to be front loaded, so that's going to mean that they're paying a commission or a cost out of pocket up front. Okay, so that's the front load. So in essence, let's say you put a hundred thousand dollars in, and the load's five percent. Again, no no breaks or anything like that, just a straight five. Your hundred thousand dollars, five percent comes off of that. So ninety five thousand goes to work from you for from day one. Um, you put in a hundred, it costs you five. So ninety five thousand goes to work for you. So that five percent was the load, um, which goes to pay the the broker essentially, or the broker dealer, whoever sold you that. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Is there any other area of mutual funds or terminology that might trip people up, uh, or you see people get hung up on sometimes? No, I mean the loads are, are the, the most common one, and and when to designate how which one I should buy if I'm going to get into this. You know the A share, the front load, that's going to be your most expensive one up front, um, but your cheapest internal, so that expense ratio is going to be a lot less. Your B shares are going to be the back load, so it's it's got a, a basically a sales charge or a surrender charge schedule, okay. um, and it and it hits you on the back end. And their, their internal costs are going to be pretty me- middle of the road. And then the C shares are the even loads. Those are the ones that are going to have a, a 1% residual load. And then on top of that, you're going to have the highest internal cost or expense ratio. So again, it's really kind of a tough maze to navigate. I kind of break it down as simple as this. If you're going to be in it for the long term, a buy and hold, a share mutual fund is probably not a bad option. 
If you're kind of in the middle term, you know, B share backload five to 10 years uh, is a good option. And then if you're someone that's more short term or wants to be a little bit more active on the management, um, C share would probably be the way to go. Okay. That's good kind of basics to go by. Yeah. Um, so look, if you're, if you're considering mutual funds or you own mutual funds, cause chances are, it has been said hundred, almost hundred percent, probably hundred percent of his clients have at some point owned them. So you probably have, uh, if you have, and you're trying to figure out exactly what you own, cause that's probably one of the hardest parts is, is knowing exactly what you own in your yeah. mutual funds. Uh, reach out to Ben and his team. They do that. They can go through and examine exactly what you have and bring back results to show you how diversified you actually are. That's uh, B.A. Schrock Financial Group. You can find them online at bashrock-fg.com. You can call them at 330-473-1060. And our next episode, we're going to be talking about kind of mutual funds as a strategy. What are some of the pros and cons and uh, how Ben and his team works with clients on mutual funds? So now we kind of have a better grasp of what they are. How valuable are they in our portfolio? That will be our next topic of conversation. So we will do that soon. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts and that show will be delivered to you next week. Also connect on Facebook as well. We'll share some content from this show on Facebook. And then of course on the website, bashrock-fg, you go back and check out past episodes, but also there you can get the uh, their guide on maximizing social security benefits and you can also work on getting your uh, in-depth social security analysis if that's something you're interested in as well ben thanks for your time as always we will uh, talk to you again soon sounds good ben Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management LLC, AEWM. AEWM and BA Schrock Wealth Management are not affiliated companies. BA Schrock Wealth Management is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies using a variety of insurance and investment products. Investing involves risks, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to safety, security, or guaranteed lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investment products. Insurance and annuity product guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing company. BA Schrock Wealth Management is not permitted to offer, and no statement made during the show shall constitute tax or legal advice. You should talk to a qualified professional before making any decisions about your personal situation. We are not affiliated with a U.S. government or any government agency. This show is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual situation.